Okay, joining me today is a very special guest and perhaps the quickest guest been able to get on here. Uh, Oran, welcome, man. How you doing? Good, man. Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I was just going to start off by saying real quick, uh, you, you got to be probably one of the most uh, professional guests I've had on because literally when it comes to scheduling guests, um, they usually give me like a week's notice. They usually give me like at least 48 hours and then there's a time frame at which we're talking. It takes like, you know, a day to respond or a few hours to respond. <laughs> so for the listeners at home, I had to get on and because my fr uh, a friend at the gym told me about your podcast. I was like, awesome. I'd love to listen to one. And then I followed you on Instagram. As I was listening to your podcast, within one minute of listening, <laughs> you reached out to me. Utmost professionalism, man. You, is it, was that luck or are you normally like this? I'm normally quite good on it, man. Like, cause if you think about it, right, every single person who follows you, and this is something that I try to teach PTs with business is that they're following you for a reason, right? So I like to reach out to everyone and find out, Hey, why did, why did you follow me? Like, how did you come across me? How, what's happening? And then, you know, it just, it just so happened that you sent me the screenshot of damn, you're quickly, I'm just listening to your podcast, just turned it on. And like, you messaged me like, if you can, if somebody's thinking about, you know, jumping in potentially with joining my PT and maybe they're, you know, say for example, somebody follows you and follows me and they follow three other trainers around Perth. And I get back to that person within an hour, two hours, three hours, but if somebody takes two, three days, who are they going to end up going with? In the time that it takes other trainers to get them to reply to the message, I've already got that person signed up and ready to fucking rock with a big result. You know what I mean? Rather than wait and wait and wait. So I just think about it. It's, it's all about connection, man. That's all Instagram is for me. It's like, yes, it's a business tool and it's a social tool, but if I can build a connection with somebody and jump on a podcast or I can sign up a client or, or, you know, find some really cool, something really cool about somebody, then that's, that's what Instagram is. It's just a tool for connection. So the quicker we can connect, the better. Ah, fair enough. That's actually a really good point. I mean, for me personally, uh, I've always been one of those people that's tried to stay away from Instagram, mainly because of the point that, uh, well, what is it, you know, being on it constantly on your phone all day, you know, you want to be interacting with people. And then, you know, there's so many fakers these days. And usually people tell me that some of the happiest people are the ones that don't even have uh, social media. Yeah. So without, uh, what is it, trying to get too, too, too much into it? I mean, I do have a few questions about it, but like, what's a really good way in which you can structure your social media time for someone from a business standpoint? So mate, this is something I got into lately. Like one of my, one of my friends in Scotland, he runs a huge business. He's got like five staff members. He runs boot camps. He does PT mentoring like I do as well. And he put up his screen time. And for about a week, it was like 12, 15 minutes a day on Instagram. I was like, Dude, what the fuck? So I looked at my numbers and I was doing two, I was doing five and a half hours on it on screen time. Now that's also when I'm driving a podcast might be open and I just have unlocked the screen or I might have WhatsApp open while I'm doing other work on the computer. So I don't look at the screen time, but Instagram alone was two hours and 40 minutes, sometimes it was three hours. And I was like, what the fuck do I do? I don't even sign up that many people or talk to that many people. So I'm obviously just watching people's stories and just wasting time. That's three hours of my whole day. That could be time with my daughter. It could be time with my wife. It could be time working on the business. It could be time, you know, spent having fun walking on the beach or whatever. But instead I was spending on Instagram. So I decided to cut, cut it down. I'm not going to go to his extreme of 12 minutes, but I put an hour timer on. So I've got a limit on there. So after one hour, it kicks up and says, 
you've reached your one hour. Do you want to turn off the timer? Do you want to shut the app or do you want to have one more minute? So that's a reminder. If I hit that by 12 o'clock, I'm like, oh, fuck, like I've really got to limit my time. And it means that I'm not, even if I go over on that, I'm still only doing the key tasks. So now when I log in Instagram, I'll see probably my favorite 10 people or whoever I watch the most will come up as the the first people on there because that's how Instagram's algorithm works. Like whoever stories you watch the most and do the most consistently will show up first when you log in. So the people who I like seeing, I will obviously see first. I'll scroll the odd times, get caught a little bit in scrolling, but normally I'll log in just to see who's messaged me. So I log in and I see you sent me a message with the podcast link or you sent me a message, you follow me. That's who I'm, I'm right? who's following me, where they follow me from. How can I create a connection? Who can I talk to? That's what I do. All my client stuff goes on WhatsApp. So it's separate. All my Instagram stuff, I'm literally logging in to post something, logging in to go live or logging in to talk to somebody basically. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I've had uh, people who are social media experts on the show before. And one of the things that they said that um, Instagram does that makes them so much time wasted, uh, so time consuming is the fact that on Facebook now, it's separated to Facebook Messenger. So you meet people who just have Facebook Messenger but do not use Facebook at all. So they can just talk to people without having to scroll. But Instagram doesn't do that. And what Instagram is doing is it's taking social media, uh, sorry, social media aspects from different apps and putting it into theirs like, just recently, Instagram added reels and, you know, these little five second clips. And now all of a sudden people are spending so much more time on Instagram and people are adding all these filters to their photos and that adds up more time. So that's really where the time consuming sort of comes in. For me personally, I just like to uh, try and uh, it, it keep it to a post a day or at least try and something on a story. And then by then it should be done. But unless I'm actually reaching out to, I will, the best thing to put it is one thing per day. Okay. So one post or one story or message one client or sorry, not one client, I message one lead or just one. And then over time, you know, it builds up. Uh, and then again, trying to get stuck into the void of actually scrolling constantly. Anyway, um, so the next point I just wanted to get onto, man, is we're a little bit away from the social media stuff now. Personally, you've done really well for yourself to build up a bit of a following. You've done really well for yourself in the PT business and for your podcasting. So let's rewind the clocks back a little bit, man. Can you give me like a little bit of a rough rundown or a timeline on how you got to becoming a PT? Yeah, sweet, man. So uh, basically, I went to uni for sports and exercise science. Didn't really know what I wanted to do at the time. Didn't know it was going to lead me down this route or anything. Just thought, oh, this sounds interesting. Let's go and do the course. While I was there, I done my gym instructor course as part of the um, uni degree. It was an extra additional module. You could just sign up and do this for a cheap price. I was like, let's do it. Everyone, all my mates are doing it. Let's just have some fun. Qualified as a gym instructor. Started working in a council-run gym. Really cushy job. You were just like showing people around, writing programs of how to use the equipment. Something to just sort of get them moving, but wasn't really personal. So it was really cushy. The, the wage was pretty awesome, actually, for the time. It was like above minimum wage for back at, back home in Ireland. So um, I just wanted to stay in that job. I was basically like watching UFC, like reading MMA junkie and different things from behind the computer screen and reading about fitness and stuff and occasionally having to do work and clean. And I was like, this is pretty sweet, you know. Um, 
then one of my mates there, he's like, I want to do my PT course. And it's in Belfast. Now, Belfast is about an hour away from where I lived. So we said we'd split the driving. Part-time course, Wednesday night, Saturdays. One of us would drive up one, one day, one would drive the next. Um, so we did, did that part-time. It was, again, it was pretty cheap. So I was like, ah, some, something to do, a bit of fun. Get to go up to Belfast a bit and have some fun up there. Maybe go for some nights out up there. Didn't think it would lead to me to where I am. So basically... Cut a long story short, I started to sublease some space out of a private facility, just pay like a, a rent to be a contractor there and run my own business. Then open my own small studio, which was very, very small. Um, just for me and my clients, like small groups of three to four people at a time. Sold that, moved to Glasgow um, in 2014, where I then met my current wife, then girlfriend, current wife. Got married in 2017. Um, weather was shit that year. We came back from honeymoon. We're like, fuck, this sucks. So um, she's a dentist, so she qualified to get into Australia. My qualifications obviously wouldn't wouldn't cut it. So she got us a job. She picked Perth, moved here in 2018, started to work in Doherty's. The month later, they opened in February 2018, and I've been in there ever since. So I do two days a week in there currently and uh, run the rest of it online. Also mentor PTs in my spare time on how to grow their business and give better service. And I just recently took on my own, uh, my first staff member, Shireen, who's came in as an online coach. She's in Melbourne at the minute and um, she's going to be doing some some work for us as well. So have that female approach to the business as well. Wow. I was going to say, uh, you've been working at Doherty's for how many years? Uh, three and a half years now. So since they opened. Oh, nice. Did they finally sort out that parking uh, over here? I haven't been there, <laughs> but I, uh, like, I know it is the place is, facility is awesome. The design's awesome. The equipment's brilliant and they give you that old school vibe. But every time I ask, oh, they're like that. Okay, so like, what's the downside then? Oh, parking, man. You can't get, get in parking unless you're catching a train into the city. It's, it's a nightmare. That's what I hear. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm normally in mornings, so I don't know what it's like in the evenings, but it's normally quite good to park. There's loads of businesses around and there's loads of like street parking around, but the actual car park, there's only maybe like, you know, 10 or 12 bays, maybe 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just street parking around it. So it's just park up, short walk, on you yeah. go. Understood. Understood. Anyway, man, so you're starting out as PT now. Now you've gotten to a point where you're actually mentoring and you're actually doing online clients as well. Now, uh, the best way, what's the best way to construct this uh, 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 question is a lot of the times when you're a PT or someone is just starting as a PT, the first thing you would see for an ad on Instagram is getting pe- is people trying to get you to go online, okay? And people trying to get you to do online, uh, get online clients. Now, what is the best advice you could give to someone or what is the good advice you could give to someone who would potentially like to go into that online business down the line? So the sooner you start, the, the better, right? It's Think about it like you're, you're at UFC gym, I'm at Doherty's. There's only so many hours you can actually do in the gym before mm-hmm. you're going to get burnt out, right? But you can maybe handle 10, 20, 30 online clients aside of that that just require you to do the programming, check in. So it's very scalable to move your business online. You're not actually trading time for money of... 30 hours in the gym to take on 30 clients. You can take on 30 clients and you could probably do in a weekend worth of work. You could do, even if you wanted to bash all out their check-ins in one day, you could probably do it all in one day, you know? So it's, it's very scalable in that sense. That's why it's so attractive to people, right? It's not this lifestyle of 
you know, I get to do it from the beach. Like I live in Scarborough. If I go down with my laptop to the beach, there's no way I'm doing any work to the fucking glare from the sun. Like nobody lives this beach lifestyle where they're sipping Mai Tais on the beach and, you know, doing their client check-ins. Everyone's going to be doing them in an office like this. But it is glamorous because you get to do it from home. Like I'm here in, at home at now in my office and this is where I spend most of my time where I'm not in the gym. And that's the appealing factor is that they get, they can essentially work from anywhere in the world and it is very scalable, but you've got to start. But the thing is, it helps to have had the gym experience. If you're a new trainer coming into the industry, you need to have that time with your hands on a client where you can spot the flaws. You can develop that relationship where they may open up to you sooner. Like if you're working with, uh, say, Barbara, your client's name is Barbara and she's a, she's a normal mom you know, she just wants to lose some fat, she's going to open up to you potentially quicker one-to-one because she feels more connected to you. And you can learn about the problems that Barbara faces quicker than online because she might not be as open with an online person until you get that experience of how to peel back all the layers. Even just looking at their technique, if somebody sends you a video on WhatsApp and you're trying to critique their technique and you don't know how to look for the things, like what angles to get them to fill them from, how to actually change their technique, what may be going wrong, is the weight too heavy? Like if you haven't done that in person, it's very hard to do that online. So you kind of need to do some sort of face-to-face training to make yourself a very, very good online trainer. Mm, Very nice. So you talked about having that floor time and then before you're going online, do you believe there should be like a certain amount of years or a certain amount of hours that you should have at least done with your clients before you move to that online time? Um, I guess it really depends because obviously everyone coming into the fitness industry is going to be a little bit different in terms of their, their personality and their skill level. Some people might pick up the gym stuff, get really busy really quickly, um, but be actually a shit coach. Like they might not have the personal skills to do that, whereas somebody might have incredible skills really understand their clients and really understand the the mechanics of everything but just not be as busy in which case probably the best suited person to be the online coach and be that supportive network outside of the gym would be the person who isn't as busy but kind of understands the niche and understands how to correct technique versus the guy who's just oh i've got 30 clients so it's like i'll go online now because i've got 30 clients you know if the guy who's the empathetic sort of guy who can relate to clients and correct their technique properly if he waited till he was at 30 clients or he'd done two years he might never get to that stage because maybe he just lacks the business skills to get there so it's kind of it's kind of hard in that sense but i guess you will know when you want to do it and then it's just a case of throwing it out there because if you're a pt in a gym you can't just expect people to come to you and say hey i want an online coach do you do it like that that's very rare even for me at my level now very rarely do people come to me and say hey oh you're the guy for me i need to have you because you are the fucking dog's bollocks like i'm not fucking michael jordan over here like of, of pts like that's not going to happen that doesn't happen to most pts regardless of how good they are it's a case of marketing and telling people that what you do so when you do decide to do it, it's a case of just throwing it out there saying, hey, guys, I'm opening up a few spots for online coaching. I think this is really going to take off. But if you want to jump in, I'll give you a special price maybe for the, the first 10 people. Mm. And you dip your, your feet in it without really going all in. If you take five people on to start with at a special price just to see how you like it, and then you mm-hmm. can handle those five people, right, rather than trying to take on 20 people, 30 people from the get-go and, and failing to, to deliver on it because – if you can deliver on it with five people, 
then you most likely will be able to deliver on it with 10, 15, 20 people. Wow. So at the end of the day, you think it's more of someone who's going to show a lot more empathy that's going to be quite successful in the online coaching, you say? I think it, it obviously just depends on the people. Now, that's just the, the thing. But like, you need to be approachable online. People need to be able to open up to you. People need to not feel like it's just like an email they get every week. Like, here's the thing. Like, online coaching used to be where you'd go and somebody with 100,000 followers or whatever, somebody who had a nice body would sell you their eight-week program or the 12-week program. You basically just get an ebook for 50 bucks with 12 weeks worth of workouts and rough idea of what to do with your food. People still sometimes think that's what online training is when really online training is everything that one-to-one training is without the face-to-face time. So it is personalized, it is supportive, it is coaching, it is everything they need to get themselves to their goal, just without that face-to-face time. I see, I see. So how long have you been, uh, what is it, how long have you been coaching online for now, did you say? So I qualified in 2010 as a PT, and then whenever I moved to Glasgow, young people wanted to keep coaching, right? So basically, I did my first online class. I was like, yeah, cool. I don't know how this is going to work. Let's just do it by email, and it sort of graduated over time. But I started doing it in 2014 when it was completely different. It wasn't common to be doing online coaching in 2014. Even now, I know some trainers who are kind of against it, but... You know, back then it was a different sort of model. Like there wasn't as much technology around. It was like a Skype call with your client on a Sunday just to check in how they were going, change their food a little bit and everything else done by email during the week. But it's really evolved over the years now where it's more than just like buying an ebook. It's like getting into the client's life, getting them able to open up to you just like they would in a PT session, tell you about their sleep, their stress, their struggles, wins for the week what they feel they need to work on and how they're feeling in their body. And it's just as it's just as good as PT, in my opinion, to get people the result that they want. It's just a matter of framing them and making them realize the client realize that in their head. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's definitely a, it's a solid effort. I mean, because when you think about online, it's it's a very, very different approach to being in person because when you're in person, you can sort of pick up on people's body language. You can pick up on their tone. You can pick up on the way they dress and you pick up on the way things they like and the way they move around you. And then it's kind of coming down to reading that person. And online, it's a very, very different thing because like you get those people who just, you know, there's guys got absolutely shredded to the bone and then people just assume, oh, he knows a lot about fitness or the girl who's just got you know, a great figure and then all of a sudden, but and she's competed once and all of a sudden they think she's, she knows absolutely everything. So I, I guess for me, it's more about being like actually legitimate and being real. And the other one I always tell um, friends or one thing I try to tell myself every day is try and be the, be the coach who you would want to train with yourself. Um, and then again, everyone's different. But for me, the ideal is one who's honest one who at least admits to being uh, wrong in places as I know, because for me, I, you know, fitness and nutrition is a never ending and constantly growing uh, yeah. sector. And then if someone comes to me and says, look, and they, they gives this question, I, um, you shouldn't be afraid to say, I don't know, because if that admits to being honesty, but then you can go home and you can learn, you can come back from it. And then the last one is just uh, being, uh, 
at least being disciplined and you know uh at the end of the uh, because at the end of the day if you just do this thing and try and wing it once a week or if you don't devote enough hours to it then clearly that shows that it's not really going to be successful in the long term uh yeah. but that's just the things i'll go with uh anyway uh now moving away from that sort of coaching stuff into the podcasting world uh you said it yourself you're a family man you run a, a successful mentoring you're a personal trainer yourself you're a podcaster how how does uh-huh. someone like you yeah, schedule a day or schedule a week if you've got that many uh was it things to juggle um I guess I think the, the podcast isn't, that's why we're on the podcast a day, a day after we first connected, right? Like podcasting to me isn't hard. You just go on and it's different, obviously, being the other side of it and not being the host, which is obviously weird. But um, like for me, it's just you jump on, have a conversation with somebody about a topic that we kind of just talk about. I'm like, hey, what do you want to talk about? Right, sweet. Let's not script it too much. Let's just go on and jump on. And I don't edit anything with that. I literally, I will like be writing down notes on a post-it, like, 21 minutes we talked about this topic and maybe that would be a good clip and I'll just pick those moments out and I'll make a quick clip but I'll have a podcast up within 15 minutes of the interview ending pretty much I just literally put the intro and outro on and bash it up there's nothing gets edited it's nothing fancy it's just raw unscripted so for me that's not an extra lot of work the hardest thing is now I've got a podcast guest tomorrow night at 8 p.m because that's 8 a.m his time in America and I'm like, oh. oh, shit. Like when you've got to work around schedules, like a lot of my friends in the UK who are awesome coaches or even even over East sometimes when they're two, three hours ahead, it's like oh. you've just got to schedule yeah. around different time zones is the hard thing. But it's the actual podcasting isn't hard. And then over time, you just end up having these awesome interviews, which then lead to more and more traction, you know, and you just get better as a host. Like I remember I had Hattie Boyle on the podcast and – She's like a superstar, right? Like everyone loves Hattie, yeah, well, whether it's girls, boys. And well done. She, well done she followed me and was like, she'd recognize my name because I'd reached out there before about a podcast and she see my name somewhere and she followed me back and I was like, hey, you down for a podcast again? And she jumped on. I didn't know what to expect. And we had like the best. She said after that was one of my favorite ever podcasts. You're so good at like hosting. I was like, shit, really? Because the few days before that, I was listening to other interviews she was on to get a feel for her personality a bit. And I was like, well, I'll never be like guys like Kerwin Ray, who are like awesome podcasters, do it all in a professional studio. I was like, I'll never be able to match that because his questions and how you went deep with her was just next level. And we just had fun and we just had all, she's going to come back on the podcast for season two now. And like, we're just getting some traction now with people where we can get quality names on. Like I've been talking to Bass, the Australian strength coach, Sebastian Orab about coming on. And he's like, yeah, sweet bro, when, when suits, and we're going to nail that in and, you know, we got guys who have big followings in the States. And like when those guys come with Troy Thornton on, when he came on, like I got all these bikini girls following me. And I was like, hey, where did you follow? Where did you find me? They're like, oh, Troy, Troy, Troy. You know, you just like it just builds over time. And it's something that's just a bit of fun. So like this year, what I've done, we've done 52 episodes in season one, which averaged out at one episode a week. Now, that was a big push because like I done a diet last year. And at the end of that, we sort of... uh end of the diet I kind of just wasn't really arsed doing them I went like maybe eight weeks without doing one so I was all this momentum and then the last like three or four weeks I had to like cram in eight episodes so I got in the habit of doing two to three a week right so now I do two a week this week I actually missed Monday but I'll still probably get two out this week before the end of the week the one I'm recording tomorrow night plus one solo 
So it just became this thing where I'll just make time for it. I'll schedule like 10 minutes for a solo one myself or I'll do it, you know, with a guest and it's just easy done, you know? Wow. For eight episodes in one week, like, fuck, man. That's crazy. The, the, the most I've ever done is literally this week, which is uh, so, uh, my episode I always do with my uh, partner, uh, my mate, uh, usually on a Monday. I did one yesterday, got a squeeze due in today, and then I got another one after this. And I was so, I was actually, well, then again, because I wanted to break a record, but like, hey, oh, I mean, it's a bit of a stress just to get boring this week or, you know, usually a couple, but hey, how the hell did you get managed to get eight in one week? What the hell were you doing? <laughs> yeah, man, so it's just like over time, like you just get used to doing these things and you just build it, build it, build it, and you just, roll with it and then like now me doing two a week is just natural i missed one like i said and now it feels like oh fuck i've missed like that one thing i was meant to do because i just got busy on the weekend um and i know what i'm gonna do the podcast on i just need to find 10 minutes to do it and it's just find those little intervals to fit it in i'm planning your day around it but like i think to go back to your original question like you've just got to have a set plan with how you do things so like I've got my non-negotiables for like today I was doing mentoring for two hours. I had to get a haircut. They're like, there are things I need to be present for, right? There's yeah. other things that I can maybe outsource to other people. I can get stuff done early morning. I wake up at five. My daughters and my wife don't wake up till about half six, seven. So that's an hour and a half. I can do some solid work in the morning. Help them at daycare, do another bit of work, do some mentoring on Zoom, do some mentoring face-to-face with, with PTs and stuff. And then now after this, I'll still spend two hours with my daughter and that in the evening because I plan my day out and I know what's important. It's like client programs, stuff you need to do face-to-face, anything that drives a business forward that somebody else can't do, I will do as their priority. And then does it need done today? Like if a client has just sent me through their program today, does it need done today or can it wait till tomorrow? Or do they have an expectation that it might be Friday? Like if I set that tone from the start, then I'm not rushing to get that client's plan done because I'm telling them it'll be 48 hours from when you send it back to me that you will get it. So it's, it's not immediate need done. So that means I can still plan time with family. can still plan a podcast. Like last minute, we threw this in like, listen, can we actually nail this in? And we're going back and forth today on the time of when we could fit yeah. it in. And yeah. we luckily got it in, but I, this isn't going to affect any of my other client work because of how I've laid out the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So how that's how I see it is, do you have like a, you obviously get through a lot in a day, but like uh, you seem, you sound like someone who prioritizes one thing and then, okay, that's number one priority. I got to get done today. And then when I can make time for it, I will squeeze some the other things. So yep, I think 100%. that just really comes, yeah, I feel like that comes down to, it's not about having time or making time. It's about what you prioritize is most important to you. And then it's like that client's program. It's, it's not as important to you right now as in you would say is like, you know, going to see your daughter or hanging out with your family. And then if you compare that to, all right, now, okay, so that's out of the way. All right, what's next? Okay. We got to do, I got to do an episode of a podcast. That's more important to me than whatever it is or getting a haircut at a time. Uh, so usually that's really how I like to say it. And for me, that's important because when someone comes to me and says, uh, what is it? Uh, oh yeah, I don't have the time or to make the time. I just say, well, I just try and sometimes be honest and say, well, what's important to you? You know, uh, so if it's important, you can, you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to make the time for it. 
And then again, that comes down to the idea of just saying no to things because being brutally honest with yourself, you just you say no because it's not like a priority for you. You know, yeah. um, that's the best way I can put it. That's the best way I can sort of put it on your terms. Do you get me? Yeah, and sometimes, mate, like clients will appreciate you not rushing things. Like I, I didn't get a client's program done the other day and I was like, bro, I've looked at all your forms. I'm starting this, but I don't want to rush it. Like, are you okay to wait another day rather than me try to rush it to get it to you today? And he's like, yeah, cool, man. 100%. I appreciate that. And then another time, a few weeks ago, I normally do these group calls with my clients on Zoom and just got to a stage before our, our second baby came about four weeks ago that it was two weeks before the due date. And I was just like, you know what? My wife needs me to spend some chill time, just make sure she's got everything she needs when the, the first baby's in bed. Uh, and I just messaged them. I was like, guys, you know what? I'm just going to can these these huddles until foreseeable future. Like, so I can just focus on spending the evening with my wife and make sure she's sorted. And one of my clients messaged me. She was like, you know what? I appreciate you so much more for actually doing that than if you had to just jumped on this call tonight. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that was me worrying, what... like, what will the client think? And they were like, they just they know and they know I'm a family man. Oh, Anyone who comes in and this all comes down to how you protect, portray things and what boundaries you set with clients, right? People oh, know from my social media, they'll see all my family on it all the time. They know I'm a family man. They know that that's important to me. So for me to give all to my clients, I need to give all to my family at the same time. Otherwise I'm not going to serve either of them. So if I set the expectation that, Yes, you can message me at any time, but on a Sunday, for example, you won't get a reply until I literally get time. Or you can message me any time, but if I'm busy doing something or something needs done, it's going to be family that comes first because like, they know that boundary. They know when they can message me. They know they're always going to get a reply within 24 hours to any message they have, but they know that if it's between 4.30 and 6.30, I'm likely doing dinner and bath time with my daughters, right? They know that... I do the daycare runs in certain times and, you know, they know when to not get me and when, when they can get me. And if you don't set that boundary with clients, then, you know, you're, you're kind of just being a slave to random things occurring rather than you taking accountability and ownership of your own time and your own schedule. Uh, so again, set boundaries and then sticking to them and then that way. And if you actually set your boundaries, people usually respect you more as a result. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Um, moving on to our next question is uh, your podcast now. How long have you saying you've been doing your podcast for? So we started it during the first COVID lockdown. So it was probably about April. One of my friends from Glasgow had a really successful podcast, and just with everything that was going on with COVID, the worldwide shutdowns like last March, April time. The whole encouragement from the fitness community was let's jump on live, let's talk to each other's like audiences, let's get some good content out there. So I jumped on a live with one of my best mates. He was actually the best man at my wedding. And it went down so well that I was like, man, everyone loved this. They were all engaging. They were commenting on it, saying how much they loved it. The message afterwards, like, oh, this was so good. And I was like, you know what? Could this be a podcast? And I asked my mate and he was like, mate, do it. Like, what's, what's, the, what's the risk? So I literally just clipped together a 15 minute intro really rushed job on anchor literally just put some background music on and talked about my story and then instagram live became the first episode that guest i just saved the instagram live to my phone pulled the audio and put it up as a podcast and then the rest is history you know very nice okay so over a year i've been doing it since april you've been doing it since april so you've been doing it yeah much longer than me me and my uh, best mate we started this this was actually a three-year idea 
we met in uh, university and then we yep. were both doing the same course and then we said like we were both believe it or not we were both gigantic fans of joe rogan so we'll be like, hey, yeah. man, we used to, we used to, something we used to joke about, like, hey, it would be cool. We did our own thing one day because all we ever talk about is fighting and talking to fighters and all that sort of stuff. And then I think it was COVID that, like, really uh, solidified it when my mate said, hey, man, you know, we've been talking about this idea for three years. Let's actually do it. And I was like, uh, and at the time, I was just like, I think we were both drunk or something at a party. And I was just like, yeah, 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 sure thing, let's do it. And then he, he messaged me the next day and he said, hey, man, uh, I just set up an, a Podbean account and I was like, what? Oh, oh, we're actually doing this now. So, we're doing it. So, <laughs> so since then, he just made that first step, that literally just the first step of setting up that account. And then since then, we just try to get the ball rolling. Um, yeah. And honestly, from one podcaster to another, I just wanted to ask like, what is, what are some like lessons you can give to uh, all the guys who just, who are just literally just starting out? Uh, okay, get a good mic. So I've got, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got the Blue Yeti mic in front of me. Now, this is something that I've obviously used. I do client check-ins with this for my online coaching, and it's transferred over to a lot of things just for quality sound. Um, like that, That's a reasonably two, 300 bucks for that one. You can get ones for like 100 bucks or 150 bucks. Like, There's no reason for shit quality sound on a podcast, to be fair. Um, I guess go all in on it and just be yourself. Like you guys love fighting, right? So you're on talking about fitness stuff, but you're talking about fight most of the time. And you might have guests come on like me for something different, but you're not going to come on and, you know, start talking about fucking swimming or, you know, fucking (laughs) water polo or something. You're talking about stuff you love so you can have genuine conversations and also just probably don't script it. Like the first little while I, I used to send clients questions like, Hey, this is how it's going to flow. I think ask about specific things that I want to ask about that person. After a while, we just threw out the script. And the most we do now is like, if we're coming on for a topic, I'll be like, Hey, what, like, what do you want to talk about? Or is there anything you're really passionate about? Or do you just want to come on and tell, talk about your story and see where it ends up. And mm-hmm. the best episodes are whenever they're not scripted. So get a good mic. Don't script that and just have fun. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, how I try to do it, I always tell everyone, you know, that's just, let's just try and flow, man. Even if I ended up talking about something like random in the end, like, uh, it doesn't matter because that's, it shows that you're actually engaging in a conversation. And the problem with the podcasting is that it shouldn't have to be an interview. It shouldn't have to be me just piling questions. It should be you actually constantly engaging and being an active listener because, if I if you have to like refer to all these questions, like I, I try and limit myself that for you, I only had five questions that I was going to ask you, uh, and or this and everything that's coming through right now is something that I just thought about just as a result of talking to you from earlier, yep. and that just shows the legitimacy of it. Uh, the last thing I want to just tell everyone is just be fucking patient, man. Like the biggest lesson I thought was when I started was uh, oh yeah I'm going to message all the big guys I'm going to get all the people who are verified everybody who's on a big podcast and listen to all my messages them straight away and I realised that I was completely wasting my time because nowadays in this day and age God knows how many podcasts there are because there's an absolute explosion of them just met I think like I'm not definitely not calling you small but <laughs> I'm just getting <laughs> I'm just saying start local literally start local yeah. Find out who your local trainers are. Find out who your local fighters are. About comedians, doctors, anyone who's local. And then literally 
the one of my my close friend, uh, so my uh, coach and friend uh, Jamil, who runs his own podcast, just said, "Look, just ask the worst. The worst thing they can say is no. Literally, it's not like anyone's going to yeah. go out of the way to shame you. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's and also people like to go on podcasts because they like the idea of a bit of recognition, you know, and a bit of appreciation. And I feel like that's one thing I want to do because I want to give people." especially fighters, you make fuck all money in our local yeah. MMA, some form of appreciation, which I believe they deserve. And then I just believe over time that comes back to you once you've done like the first few hundred episodes over time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the last question I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask you before we, uh, we clear this up is, I mean, first of all, Killer, I mean, having you on, man, uh, I'm, honest, I'm grateful to have you on. One day in the future, Thank you. this is going to be an in-person, uh, in-person podcast, oh, yeah. so we're just paving, we're paving the road for now. But uh, I just wanted to ask you, man, before we wrap this up, is there any shout-outs? Is there any person you want to thank? Uh, me personally, because I believe that no one is a self-made man or self-made woman. Everyone's got people that help them out down the line. Yeah, man, I guess like I've always had a mentor in this game and I think it's it's important to always have somebody, whether it's business coach or physique coach, like to have somebody. But for me to actually thank everyone who who's got me or helps me to where I am with my mindset or everything, it would probably take too long. So the only people I really need to thank are the people who are closest to me. So my, my wife and my two daughters, because they're my motivation for everything I do, whether it's online, whether it's PT in the gym, whether it's social media and building a presence or building a podcast, like it's all because it puts bread on the table and it fucking builds us the life that we want to live over here. And that's my why, mate. So that's the only people who I'd like to thank. But everyone who, if anyone is listening to this who has impacted me over the years, you, they already know who they are. So I don't need to thank them. It's just uh, the, the nearest and dearest. Awesome. I appreciate that, man. Okay. One more time, guys. Thank you so much, Aaron. All the best for the future, man. And we're going to have you back on one day. Thanks, buddy.